welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis and welcome to this week's episode of our podcast series at Business Benchmark Group. Today we're going to be having a sharing moment with a, uh, a phenomenal young business owner who has gone on to some amazing early successes and if we were a predictor or if we use crystal balls and we don't, but if we were to look into our crystal balls at Business Benchmark Group, we will ultimately be saying that this will be a great Australian story in the making. So we are introducing Matt Spiteri from ESC Electrical, who uh, recently shared with us, I guess, uh, his journey thus far in business and also his journey thus far in having been involved with Business Benchmark Group for uh, what what is at this point almost um, 18 months. So... It, it, it is a perfect little segue into our conversation from last week, our podcast uh, discussing vertical and horizontal time. And if you haven't heard it as yet, please uh, listen to it as it's a, a perfect little uh, marriage as far as that conversation and the conversation that we hear from Matt Spiteri. I'm Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group. Matt Spiteri from ESC Electrical sharing his progress and his continued progress as forecasted is a guarantee. Matt Spiteri, ESC Electrical. Some magnificent photos of sparky-like activities. <laughs> Beautiful lights. <coughs> Target market. Um, so, Matt specialises in, well, he now specialises in, a few years ago, like most people, he was not specialising in much apart from being a sparky. But now he's got a very clear target market because he's well-trained. Um, he started the business in 2013. Um, since starting working with us, his team has grown from five to 12 people. Um, he has doubled his turnover. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit coy in terms of um, too many of the details of the numbers here, but to su suffice it to say that his, his net profit is benchmark um, in his industry. Um, his bank balance was negative. Now it's constantly positive to the six-figure nature and growing. Um, and we genuinely have a, a, a story here, which we're about to hear, of um, pretty, impressive, pretty impressive growth. Um, and someone who here is, is, is definitely very, very determined and very, very good at constantly executing on what needs to be executed on. And you'll hear at the end exactly where this business is going to go. And I would be truly stunned if, if this wasn't a 30, 40, 50 million dollar business in about 10 years time, if not sooner. So without further ado, Matt Spateri. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, blushing. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you can't really see the blushing. Kind of blushing. <laughs> so, um, you started the business in October 2013. Um, why? Well, why did you start a business? Why bother? Uh, well, I guess the main drive to start my business was um, I was working as a commercial sparky and I sort of wanted to be able to provide a good lifestyle for my family that had the flexibility to be able to stay home with the kids and, and sort of provide a good family life um, and I could work my hours around that where 
um, my partner had the flexibility to work if she wanted to, or you know, stay home with the kids as well. And I, I wanted to be part of that too. Like I didn't want to be an absent father. Family's super important to me, uh, and uh, I just wanted to be a part of that. So I recognised pretty early on um, that I had to do a bit more with um, my output. So um, I felt like I was a pretty good leader as well. So running my own business sort of um, was the right path to pick pretty early on for me. And then what was your, when you started, what was your vision, as in back then? Not now, because yep. we'll get to that later, but then? Uh, I guess my vision back then was, I just wanted to be a culture-based um, company. You know, I wanted to have a good team around me that I trusted. I had a pretty big sporting background when I was young. So um, interacting with people and having good trust was always important to me. And I wanted to make sure that I was always delivering a good product. You know, I wanted, it was my name on the line. I realised that pretty early on. And I wanted to make a good name for myself. You know, I take pride in my work and I want my team to also reflect that as well. So I wanted to con consistently be delivering a good product. Beautiful. So, October 17, you started working with us. You've been in business for about four years. What, what was the position you were in? Paint the picture. Yeah, so I guess in 2013, started the business. Had a business partner at the time who was about 10 years my senior. Um, I had a bit of an identity crisis there. I, um, <laughs> I felt like I was a good operator but had no idea how to run a business. Um, I met this guy who ran his own business for a while. We got on pretty well and I thought, you know what, I'll go into a partnership. It's the logical sense, he's got the experience. Um, and you know we can build something together and sort of two years in we just had two paths that we wanted to take the company and um, I probably didn't back myself enough and it got to a point where I had to make a decision um, we were the first two years were uh, consecutive losses and and significant um, I think we we're only turning over about maybe 700,000 and like the losses were 10 15 percent you know and consecutive it got to the point where I had to make a change. And I remember going away on a holiday with my now wife and it was do or die. I had to make the call, I, had to, I couldn't die um, not knowing. So I pulled the trigger, had the tough conversation with my then partner two years in and said, look, we've got to go our own ways. And I did that. But doing that sort of left me no experience of running a business really, because I was just straight operations and consecutive losses. Um, didn't really know where I was going to go. Like I knew I wanted to be a business owner, but I had uh, no structure, no real um, optics on the business. Uh, I didn't know that side of it. I knew I could do the physical part of it, but um, yeah, I didn't know where I was going to go from there. Beautiful. So since working with us, um, obviously you've, you've put a lot of structure into your business. Why don't you share with us some of the, some of the key structures, some of the key things that, that, that you have put in place that you felt have really made a difference for you? Well, at the beginning, it was um, the default diary. It's such a, such a basic tool, you know, when you say it out loud and, and when you look at it. But it, it just adds so much structure to your day-to-day. -day. And that, um, Stefan was just talking about horizontal and vertical, and that put straight into my life a bit of horizontal time, especially into my business life. So I went from trying to do everything, you know, as a small business owner does, your operations, your accounts, everything. But I wasn't really getting any clarity or any picture on what, like, what I needed to do. And if I was even winning, 
I, got, I didn't have any of that. So my default diary helped me put some good things in place, you know, spending time on sales, spending time on my numbers, as well as operations to begin with. And then as the company grew, those hours changed a lot and uh, I had to constantly reflect, re reflect back on that. Yeah. How, long, how long did it take you to get into your diary? I mean, as in really stick to it, because the one thing that I find really impressive about you and, and, and I think really speaks in your results is that you actually do stuff. You don't pretend to do it, you really do just get on and do it. And I think sports people often have that in them because you, you get used to training and you get used to taking direction and you get instantaneous feedback in sport because it, it, you, know, you either win or lose. Yeah. But how, how long did it take you to really get into that solid rhythm? Well, I, I feel like I did pick it up uh, pretty quickly. Uh, look, uh, having a sporting background as well and the type of person I am too, um, I, I need structure. You know, I'm pretty routine, like down to what I eat, like everything's routine with me. So once I had a guideline and someone to sort of report back to, you know, um, as a business owner, you sort of start your own business and you feel like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just be accountable to myself, but you're not. You're actually accountable to all your clientele. And, but I, my time wasn't accountable for anything. So having a default diary helped me put structure in place and uh, instantly, it, it made a huge difference in the company in, in terms of my work-life um, as well. Balance, you know, spending time at home, having a start time and a finish time was super important for me because I would just work until I couldn't work because that was what I felt I had to do at the time. So they were long days. <laughs> so how, how much of your hours come back? I reckon I was doing 13, 14 hours a day consistently, six days a week just to try, uh, try and get somewhere, you know. And, and if now if I think about back, I reckon a good four, four hours of that was just nothing time. Because I was so blurred in my vision because I was just physically exhausted, you know. And, and then I would come home and I probably wasn't really home, you know, because I was still at work thinking about work. And, and then I'd go back the next day and try and back it up and I didn't have any clarity, so yeah, it just... And now? Now, now I'm consistently doing 10 hour days. Like I've, I've got a routine. And, that's pretty good for me. Like, you know, get in there, I've got a start time and a finish time. And if I start early, I finish early. And that was never a thing for me before. I would start early so I could finish later and, and still get the same as sort of work-life balance. But, you know, that wasn't sustainable. Now, yeah, cutting it back down to Monday to Friday is strict. You know, I only work Saturday, Sunday if it's a, if it's a crisis. Because as I've done, gone along this journey, I've realised now I employ a team with a good culture, I've got to trust them to take a little bit of ownership over what their roles are. Not just try and micromanage and jump on board, but and try and fix everything and, and sort of cut their legs out from underneath them, you know, not let them grow, so, yeah. So share with us one of the default diaries made a huge difference and yep. you can hear the results. Another one, because I, I'm, there's, there's lots. Yeah. And we, we don't have time <laughs> to talk through them all, but, but another one that's really been game changing for you. Um, I guess my quote register, and work in progress register, like putting them together. You know, we, we never really tracked our, um, what we were quoting, the dollar value, our conversion rate, which also blurred the vision going forward. You know, if, if you'd asked me sort of 12 months ago, give me a month's out forecast, oh, I couldn't, because I didn't know what I was quoting, I didn't know what I was winning, and I, I didn't know where to look for the information. So I guess tracking that and our conversion um, gave us so much clarity to forecast now up to 12 months in advance, which is awesome. Sort of blows my mind a little bit thinking about that, so. And what does it do? I mean, what, you do it, what difference does it make? I mean, why bother?
Well, it's peace of mind, you know. Um, as a business owner, we want a bit of clarity. We want to know that what we're dreaming of is actually going to actually turn into something. You know, we don't want it to just be a fairy tale. Um, or for, especially for myself, I couldn't sleep at night not knowing what was going to come up. You know, being very structured driven and, and wanting processes around everything, I had to have that, okay, this is what's coming up. You know, I can check this format to find that information. Knowing where to look for stuff was pivotal to my sanity. <laughs> yeah, and, and my outside work life as well. You know, yeah, the physical appearance, I was constantly tired. Even the, like my family would be like, geez, they don't recognise you, you know? And, and now they've, they've even seen the change and they have nothing to do with the business, so yeah. Beautiful. Um, people, big part of business. Yep. Um, <clears throat> You've gone from five to 12. Talk us through your, you know, your organisational charts and, and the growth of that and, and how you've structured your people and what differences it made. Uh, well, we grew quite rapidly. I think we went from five to 10 in like six months, or maybe even less than that. And at that time, I was just grabbing guys to grab guys, you know, and we were putting them in places and I just assumed that they knew their role. You know, probably uh, because I had no clear scope of what I expected from the guys, they didn't really know what they were expected to do. You know? And then when I, I sort of flipped out at them, they're like, oh, I didn't even know I had to do that. So I guess getting that organisation chart and the scope, what I was expecting from the guys I was hiring, allowed them the information to know what was expected of them, but also allowed me to create a recruiting process because I didn't articulate or write down what I was expecting, so I didn't know what I was looking for either. Um, so it was sort of a vicious cycle there. So now it, it's taken a lot of time and it's a, a constant involvement, uh, but we're working on our recruiting process. We're, we recruit from about three or four different locations. We have a criteria that we scope out. Um, and we also try to recruit people that are better than me in certain areas because there's parts of the business that, quite frankly, I did as a, just to get done when I first started, where now I need to get people in that'll bring things that I don't even know about, you know, and can change and grow the business in parts that I couldn't. Beautiful. Yeah. So how much relief does that give you knowing that you've got that structure in place? Well, a huge relief. It gives me time to focus on, on the business, um, gives me clarity, but it also allows me to come to events like this. You know, if you'd said to me two years ago, you're going to be not at work at seven till nine on a, on a Wednesday or Thursday, I'd be like, no way. I have to be there to set everyone up, have to be taking phone calls. Like, that's non-negotiable, you know? And, and now, like, I have an operations manager that's setting the boys up and I feel confident that he's doing a good job of that. Um, I've got an estimator that can... I, I'm, I'm not checking, you know, because I know that we've got a system in place that is checking that. I st he still reports and everyone still reports to me. I've still got what I believe my finger on the pulse, but I'm not that helicopter, you know, sitting above everyone, not allowing anyone to develop. Um, and that's given me a huge peace of mind, you know. And it, it allows me to give that horizontal thinking, you know. You, you can't do any of that thinking if you're constantly, you know, hovering over everyone and trying to do everything at the same time. Cool. So it's made a bit of a difference then. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, um, ideal target market. As I mentioned beforehand, lots of lovely pictures showing all sorts of different work. Um, that's changed a little bit, hasn't it, Matt? Yeah, definitely. I think um, when I first started, I think I touched on the fact that 
I wanted to deliver a good product, you know, and to me when I first started it was high-end residential. Is That's the pinnacle, you know, like uh, it looks really good. Um, that's what I thought I wanted to do. You could charge a little bit more for it, so and they're always going to be in work because people are always building nice homes and stuff like that. But as I started to do the numbers and, and check my my job tracking and things like that and grow the business, I realised that it was, yes, we were charging a little bit more, but the resource was just taking so much of my time. And it was so hard to expect the same from like my workers as well because that type of target market just was um, restricting the growth of the company because there was only so many jobs that I could get to or things I could run. So we had to reassess that and we ended up realising that we can still deliver a really good product as, as a volume market, do you know what I mean? We, maybe you don't charge as much, but we can utilise more of our resource and get more out of what we had without sort of doubling, tripling uh, our, our team um, to get the extra turnover. We could just use what we had and, and double our, our turnover with the same resource. So that was a huge, a huge light bulb moment for us. And, and what, what impact has that had on the, on the rest of the business? Because in, in my view, there's always like a, a flow-on effect when you, when you get that, that clarity. Well, I guess everyone knew where we were going within the team. Uh, I knew where we were going within the team. Uh, it helped us financially, uh, obviously. Uh, we became more profitable because we weren't just throwing resources at it because we thought that, was, that would fix it. So we actually we understood more about our job tracking. We understood uh, where we were losing you know, and what we had to get better at. Yeah. Cool. Um, identity shifts. I certainly believe that one of the biggest challenges um, in business is, is changing identity. And, and, and effectively, you know, you feel a bit of a fraud because once upon a time you were a Sparky, now you're something else, apparently called a business <laughs> owner. <laughs> so um, talk, us, talk us through that um, because this, this, this is what you you know, what you reckon is the biggest change that you've made, you know, bar none. So talk yeah. us through how that was for you. Well, it, it's a constant, it's a constant thing that I'm always working on. Um, I'll probably always sit a little bit in the negative with my mindset. Obviously, I, I, when I first started, I was good at what I did with my hands. So that is always um, what I default <laughs> back to sometimes. And it affects my mindset because I try to get stuck into that just operation side of thing, because it's easy. You know, it's, it's head in the sand type of stuff for me. Um, and it's been really difficult for me to change the mindset from realising, okay, yeah, I was a kid from summary that was a tradesman, but now I'm a business owner. And that's, and I always struggle with that. It's something I'm constantly working on. I know it's a, it's a problem, but I'm, I'm getting better at it. I really do feel like I've grown a lot from that. But um, yeah, it's something I have to consistently work on, but it, it's getting better, you know. Um, getting a good team around me as well, and surrounding myself with like other businesses like this is always great as well. You get that um, conversation happening, you know, by reading, meeting new people, all that type of information helps change that mindset a little bit. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's something I still struggle with to this day, but it's something that's getting a lot better, and I hope to improve going forward for sure. So superb advice. You're sitting here, you, you get the advice to you know you get the chance to play the sage here, and. and Here's a room full of people. <laughs> what would your advice be? Um, well, I guess for me, first off would just be um, just backing yourself in and realising what you're good at um, and what you're not so good at and trusting the people that can help you get to where you want to be. You know, it's not, as a business owner, it's not all about you. It's actually more about your team. 
and where we can all go as, as a group together. So um, realising that's my number one. Um, number two is also get some real clarity around what you need to do uh, and around what's actually happening in your business. Don't be, um, you know, oh yeah, that's finance, I'm not good at finance, I'm not gonna worry about that. You gotta know your numbers, as any business owner has to. Like, and you gotta know it backwards, when things are changing, why things are happening week to week. Um, it's such a pivotal part. So that's the only way you can make good decisions moving forward. Um, and yeah, number three is don't be scared of sales. I suppose when I, when I was working in operations, first time I met Damien, I had no idea about sales. I was like, oh, I'm a tradesman. I don't need to worry about that. I don't work in retail. But it was a massive mind shift for me, um, realising that, no, this is a big part of running a business. You know, you've got to be trying to get new clients, retaining the ones you got, um, constantly putting yourself out there, putting yourself in positions that are uncomfortable to begin with, but it's the only way you're going to get better at it. I think that's pretty good advice. Um, if you hadn't started working with us 18 months ago, what do you think would have happened? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have got married last year. <laughs> um, I think, I think she would have had enough of me. Because <laughs> I was just never there. I guess um, BBG's helped me so much with my work-life balance. Um, and I probably wouldn't have a business if I was completely honest with myself. Like, like I said before, I'd come off two consecutive losses. And I think my accountant sat me down and told me pretty, pretty certain, I think it's time we just let this venture go. You know, you're young enough to recover from the losses and, and just go back to what you were doing. And I still remember that email. I, I, he's still my accountant now, and he looks at me going, what have you done? Like, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, and th that's all based around just getting good process and structure and, and clarity around my business. Yeah, and getting outside help. You know, there's so many things I didn't know that I had to be aware of, so. Yeah. Now, you didn't, you didn't ask, ask this last bit here, which, <laughs> is, which is possibly private. However, um, <laughs> Where do you think this business will be in, in 12 months' time and five years' time? Well, I guess um, in, three, uh, in 18 months' time, we have a goal where we want to double our turnover again. Um, and obviously, another couple of years on from that, we want to not just double, but use that to sort of leverage to go maybe triple times what we are at the moment in, in, in turnover. But also, we don't want to forget about that work-life balance, you know. The reason why I started the business, you know, was for my family. So as we grow, I need to develop a good team um, along the way, guys that I can trust that we can get around and, and do this together. It's not just about what I can do, it's what we can do and take everyone with us, yeah. Do you think that's possible? Definitely. Well, we've got, we've got numbers and, and clarity around that, so we'll forecast that to happen. So. When I have a set of goalposts in front of me, generally I can, I can hit those targets. So yeah, something we've never had before. Beautiful, thank you. So, oh, we, we, we can clap in a minute. Before we, before we do any clapping, um, questions. You genuinely have someone, someone in front of you um, who is doing exceptionally well and, and his strongest suit, as far as I'm concerned, is just his, his simple ability to get on and execute. You get stuff done. Um, not quite like I've never seen before, but it, it's stunningly simple. Stunningly simple. If you just do it without the blah, 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 the stuff that goes on in our head, and, and literally just execute stuff, this is what's possible. This is, 
you know, are more than a double up in 18 months. And I'm absolutely certain that, that this young man, because I'm an old man now, um, will be literally doubling up again. And, and I genuinely mean this, that, that he will be writing whatever numbers he wants. It, it's just down to him. And he's also got the, the, the self-belief and the perseverance to do it. So that's a little bit of yeah, just right. questions. Uh, you said that you're doing high-end ready yeah. and then went to like, what made you go from one to the other. Um, I was doing high-end resi, I've gone to multiple ways. But what, what pushed you in the direction of going to volume because I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought about doing that myself. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. That's completely different um, parts of the industry. The reason I did it was uh, we identified we had a massive um, fall short in our resource. You know, to get where we wanted to get in terms of turnover for the business and the growth, we, we just physically couldn't sustain that type of work with the resources we had. Um, and it, it was affecting our, our, uh, our net do you know what I mean? Like we weren't profitable in that in that space. We didn't have the right personnel, yeah, the right training. Same situation in that area of work. Yeah. I couldn't be over as many jobs as I needed to be over because of the, the technical requirements of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it, it was it was based on resource and. It was probably around the mindset that just because high-end is called high-end doesn't mean that there's not a, a good product in volume as well. Do you know what I mean? You've still got to deliver, especially in my trade, there is no uh, mediocre. It has to be spot on every time because we work in a dangerous, dangerous trade. So it was probably the change in mindset where high-end is just, it's just a market. It's still the same work. And as soon as I understood that, um, it was pretty easy to jump across to the volume sector for me. Other questions? Yeah. Uh, well, I follow up. Uh, question, you touch on team um, a lot. Um, and we probably in the same position as you guys, and I've had this discussion with Damien a lot, that um, when we're hiring, really, regardless of how many interviews or people have read made all the references and all that, I'm yet to see a bad one of each. Um, when you're hiring, you're guessing. Mm. When you're firing, you don't. Yeah. Um, and Every, there's a lot of trades and companies in this room that no doubt, you know, no disrespect that anyone can be a plumber, electrician and the like, but to be that benchmark, it's about that service, which is the team you've got. So just your recruitment process, what and how do you go about ensuring that you're getting that A, a great team? Uh, well, I guess being a plumber, you probably understand this too. The qualification is the qualification. Like that's, that's irrelevant to me. Because once you've got your qualification, that's the same across the field. It's more based on their outside activities and like their culture, the things that they're putting in their personal attributes. You know, there's a couple of things that really stand out to me. Uh, and then once I read that resume, once I go like you know check that against what I'm looking for, it's it's all around culture for me. Because you can teach anyone like the physical parts of the trade. You can teach anyone that part, but you can't teach anyone attitude. Uh, and that's generally um, shown in their, like, in their attributes and how they talk to you as well in the conversation. And uh, sometimes you've got to go off your, off your gut a little bit as well. You've got to see what, how the conversation is coming across and, and how you get on and, and that sort of reflects their, their attitude, their culture and what they hold like priority. And that's how we hire. Thank you. One more question. Oh, no, we've got, we've got quite a few, so we'll have, we'll have a few more. I was just going to add to the, uh, the hiring thing. Um, I also use my 45 kilo Rottweiler. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah. Every single person that I ever interviewed, I actually went in the Hanuman's office and yeah, you like them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was going to you, you were saying that when this man puts his mind to doing something, so when you decide that you're going to do the job and get it done, how do you decide what jobs to do? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and that probably is reflected on my default diary. Obviously, discussions with Damien sets out a pretty good structure on like, what's involved in, in getting a good clarity around the business. Um, and that's why BBG, like why I'm with them, do you know what I mean? They sort of help me structure, okay, you need to understand these parts of your business to have a successful business because I was never taught that as an apprentice. You know, so those learnings have helped me structure my default diary and then it's pretty much just sticking to that for me. Um, you know, if you spend enough time, you know, delving into that information, some of it's going to sink in, whether it's 50%, 20%, at least some is better than none. So, um, yeah. Jenny. Um, Matt, uh, you're expanding fairly quickly, which is great, well done. Um, as part of that, have you put an incentive program in place for your key staff and can you expand on that at all? Yeah, look, we're actually in the process of developing a bit of a, a KPI um, trigger points for the boys, like in terms of bonuses and things like that. For me and my industry and like other people I'm speaking about, it's a little bit unprecedented for a couple of the people. but. You know, we want to be ahead of the curve on that part of it. Um, so we have, they're based around their roles. So obviously my operations manager will have a couple of things based around that. And it's not always like the dollar value, you know what I mean? Sometimes it might be, um, you know, how we can benefit their life outside of work, you know, different parts that we can, flexibility in ours as well. We're, we're working on things that we can do about that as well. So yeah, there's quite a few things, but yeah, we're, we're getting into that. Or we're developing that sort of process now. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Much appreciated. Hi, and welcome back. What an awesome, what an awesome, awesome, awesome sharing that was from Matt Spiteri at ESC Electrical. And in fairness, that is so befitting many of our clients. I mean, it's, it, it's a fact. A third of our clients are growing at 100% year on year on year, which is a phenomenal stat when you think about we're managing about 120 small-medium enterprises, small-medium businesses. And, and we're talking about businesses that have five or more people on their team and are generally, generally $1 million plus in their revenue. And what we just heard there from Matt Spiteri and his ambition, but ultimately the plan that he is currently executing, which makes it greater than just an ambition to uh, double turnover again within the next 12 months. I just think it's phenomenal to hear uh, the confidence, the precision, and knowing full well that this this young fella, this young business owner has the, has the muscles built to continue on his journey. But he also has the stamina to not say, oh, I've learnt what I needed to learn and let me get off this bus called the, uh, the bus of business and personal growth. So power to you, Matt Spiteri from ESC Electrical and all the great things you do with your team for your clients that you choose to be the lucky ones, but also to our total community 
who constantly, constantly back up with a double percent growth year on year on year. And for those of you that are in the one in three that go triple up, well done to every one of you. We're going to continue doing what we do here at Business Benchmark Group. We're going to continue and we we, we promise we continuously push push our standard and ensure that our business and our methodology and ultimately the tools and the tricks that we share with you for your business will always have you at a point where you are empowered to continuously be achieving, continuously, not for just two years, not for five years, not for 10 years, for every one of you that goes on the journey to continuously achieve business and life success. This is not for the faint-hearted. And when you meet the voice and all the voices that help you, help you stay on that guided path, Do not flirt with form because that's called um, flirting with form. I'm Stefan Kazakas, Business Benchmark Group, and power to you and every one of you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, Please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.